This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. The emergence of the Islamic finance industry as a crucial component of future global financial architecture was a major driver in the Business School Executive Education's decision to launch a new programme focused on the sector. Early feedback has been very positive, says Dr Kamal Munir, who emphasises that the purpose of the programme, being delivered in Cambridge, London and Dubai, is to unravel the essential dynamics of competing in the Islamic finance environment. Its target audience is a broad cross-section from bankers involved in both conventional and Islamic banking to fund and wealth managers, lawyers, regulators or those either new to or intending to work in the Islamic finance sector. The common perception of Islamic banking is that it is not about making profits, a view that's not actually quite accurate, as Dr Munir explains. Islamic finance is different in a number of ways. Um, um, first of all, the notion of money is different. For example, you cannot make money on money. So you cannot just lend someone money and earn interest on that. Lending money is not considered work. You must work for profits. Secondly, high levels of uncertainty are prohibited in Islamic finance. For example, you cannot buy and sell things that you do not own. You must own something in order to sell uh, that, which basically means that uh, derivatives, you know, a number of derivatives, uh, not all, but a number of derivatives are uh, prohibited in Islamic finance, which basically are all about speculation. So in Islamic finance, again, you have to tell um, the other party all of, about all the risks that at least you are aware of uh, and put them on the table before a deal is, is struck. A third, you, you can only invest in ethical projects. Uh, for example, you cannot invest in gambling or alcohol or uh, other such uh, uh, projects. Why do you think the, the area of Islamic finance has seen such rapid growth? The reason Islamic finance has been uh, growing so rapidly um, perhaps is rooted in the financial crisis. Islamic banks really outperformed uh, conventional banks during the financial crisis because of their greater stability. And that really put them on the map uh, for a number of us. Secondly, of course, Islamic finance has seen increased demand from around the world. For a long time, these Islamic banks were confined essentially to their home markets and supported or even subsidized in many cases by indulgent uh, governments. But now they are beginning to get out of their home markets and break into much more competitive markets. Is there also a factor that can be attributed to the way governments of Islamic finance, in that they have very strict rules, they have a very strict Sharia board. Islamic finance or Islamic banks certainly face a much harder constraint uh, when it comes to new product development because they are subject to approval from Sharia boards within these uh, banks, which means that you know it has to be kosher, it has to be ethical, it has to meet a number of different criteria before it can be introduced uh, into the market, which means you cannot just make stuff up there are very hard constraints and fixed boundaries within which you must play. What's the future for Islamic finance? I think the future for Islamic finance is great. And uh, it is not only because it offers a much more stable uh, banking system because of the various constraints within which uh, it operates, but also because an increasing number of people are realizing the benefits of Islamic finance. And thirdly, because the costs 
which were a prohibiting factor initially in Islamic finance. The costs generally tended to be high with Islamic banks because of all the hoops that they had to jump through. The costs are now rapidly coming down as more and more standardization takes place. So all these things make me think that the future for Islamic finance is quite bright. Do you think the growth will continue at the level it's been going at? Well, I don't think the growth will continue forever at the level you know uh, at which it is growing. Of course, when an industry is nascent, the growth rates tend to be higher. But I think it might still outpace conventional finance for some time to come. The Prime Minister, David Cameron, has expressed uh, an intention to create a centre for Islamic finance in London. How realistic is that? I think the Prime Minister's uh, announcement that uh, the UK government will be issuing an Islamic bond and becoming a more serious player in this whole field is very welcome news to the industry. Um, First of all, it really helps the UK industry because there is massive liquidity in Islamic institutions that they will be able to tap into uh, now. And that can finance infrastructure projects and, uh, and other things. Um, secondly, Islamic institutions themselves have been looking for AAA assets uh, to buy. And this gives them an, uh, an ideal way forward. And of course, third, London cannot afford to stay out of this game anymore if it is to stay capital of world finance. What's the relevance of of Islamic finance to developing and emerging economies? I think Islamic finance or Islamic banks uh, have a key role to play in uh, developing economies and in development in general. Um, Take SMEs, for example, small and medium-sized enterprises. Conventional banks are very reluctant to lend to small and medium-sized enterprises because of a variety of different reasons. Islamic uh, finance, on the other hand, or Islamic banking lends itself beautifully to the needs of small and medium-sized enterprises, which tend to be the engine of growth in any economy. Secondly, Islamic microfinance or lending without any interest um, has come to the fore as uh, doing great work uh, really at the bottom of the pyramid. So, you know, I mean, there are a number of ways in which uh, Islamic finance plays a role in development. What does the Islamic finance program cover? First of all, we will start out with an introduction uh, to what Islamic finance is. But very quickly, we move on to how it complements conventional financial products, how the notion of risk uh, is different in uh, Islamic finance, which is critical to Islamic finance because they have to manage a number of different assets, real assets. And for that, they need uh, much more stringent risk protocols. And uh, so we will, you know, devote quite a bit of time to assessing risk. Then we will also come to the strategic challenges that Islamic banks face in their own markets and in the markets in which they are trying to expand. And we will discuss what are the different business models uh, that they can experiment with. What works, what might not work. Uh, Do they keep doing things the way they have been doing? Or should they be looking at, you know, some completely different um, alternatives? And uh, then we will also talk about innovation in Islamic finance. And we'll talk about um, the role of human resource. This is also something uh, that they need to pay increased attention to as they go into more competitive markets. And finally, we will end with a detailed session on where is Islamic finance going, what can we expect this market to be like in about five to ten years, and how do we prepare for that. 
Final question, what have you learned so far? What's the feedback been like so far? The feedback on the program so far has been excellent. When I say Islamic finance, the word Islamic, you know, raises a lot of red flags uh, for people. So it gives us an opportunity to go behind, you know, just popular notions of what anything Islamic is all about and really uh, talk about or discuss the philosophy uh, that is behind that, which is acceptable or uh, should be acceptable to anyone, you know, whether we mention the word Islamic or not. And um, secondly, I think the opportunity for discussing a number of things uh, that people have been wanting to discuss but have not found the ideal forum for that um, has been really appreciated by participants. Kamal Munia, thank you very much. Thank you. This programme was produced by Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.